if you see the ingredients on the back of the label, you see it's just coconut. It's a very clean. It's a very clean label. We don't add anything to it. And on the waters, I mean, it's just the coconut water. Uh, but the interesting thing about Mexican coconuts is that if you compare them with Asian coconuts, we're seventy percent less of natural sugar in them. Uh, and that's a huge advantage because let's say you're doing exercise and you want to uh, hydrate yourself uh, with electrolytes and you're going to take a coconut water from Asia, you're sipping around 20 grams of natural sugar there uh, and you just did exercise, right? So uh, having a low amount of sugar, it's important. And, uh, and of course, the taste, that makes the taste different, right? So it also has really, really amazing health benefits. Welcome back to Winning at Work. It's season three, the podcast for the food and beverage and CPG world. I'm Jennifer Lee, Tony's new marketing sidekick and creative guru. I'll attempt to keep him on track as we discover the ideas and strategies behind all these different, better, and special brands. Oh, good luck keeping me on track, but I am really stoked to have you on the team, Jennifer. Your background in marketing and SEO and socials, we are going to have so much fun this year. We're going to be discovering the new brands here in 2023. It's all about functional, good for you, lifestyle brands. Those are trending. Those are the products that are gaining market share and really pulling away from those old legacy brands. We're going to have each and every one of those brands down on the podcast to talk to us, to share their ideas, their inspiration. So you, the entrepreneur, so you, the food and beverage and CPG professional can take these new ideas in and incorporate them into your business and into your life. Oh my gosh, Tony, I'm seriously so excited. I feel like I learn so much just from listening to older episodes. Well, that's why we're here. And if this is your first time here, I would recommend, look, go back, take the five episode challenge, pick a brand, pick a CEO, an entrepreneur, dive in, listen to what it is that they're teaching us. If you love the content, subscribe. We hope you're along with us for the journey each and every week. Hey, it's Jennifer. We get it. Everyone hates hiring. Inspired by his guests, Tony created a novel talent acquisition program that attracts the hidden candidate market, the 70% of people that are not actively applying to jobs. Click on the attract link in the show notes to watch a demo. Matt Kovacs is with us today. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Well, it's been a minute since I've had a chance to see you. You were you were telling me about this seasonal effect disorder that is now we've had. Yes, but it's like fifty inches of rain. We're uh, dark and cloudy, but it's starting to get sunny again. So yeah, in, in the on the west coast, we're feeling better. I would I would say so because you guys pay a, a pretty price for your uh, for your weather. It's our weather tax. Yep, it is your weather tax. Uh, so today we've got Alan Cohen, he's CEO of Cocomio. Today I was telling, telling Alan that we had another uh, international podcast guest on today. So today is actually the international <laughs> podcast Love today, it. right? Because Alan, you're down in Mexico City, right? Yeah, I'm based in Mexico City. I live here, born and raised here. Well, that's great. So how do you and Matt know each other? How did this come together today. I think it's just one of those beauty things of LinkedIn. Just, you know, you connect with people, you know, obviously in the beverage category, you know, we have a number of 
you know, brands we've worked with. And it was just an interesting uh, connection more than anything else. And, you know, I think just as I've followed and seen different articles throughout the beverage press, it seems like a brand that uh, would be one to follow. Well, that's true because functional beverage and lifestyle brands, they, you're kind of at that intersection, Matt, you know, within that space. So it would make sense that, that you and Alan connected. Alan, tell us a little bit of just give us an overview of your brand of Cocomio. What is your, your mission, your purpose? What are you trying to do through your functional beverage uh, coconut brand? Yeah, thank you. No, thank you, uh, Tony and Matt. Uh, so Coco Mio, we do coconut beverages uh, in Mexico City. Uh, we manufacture everything ourselves here in, uh, in our own SQF, really cool facility. And what we do basically is based on my travels in the U.S., I used to travel a lot there and I never tasted a coconut beverage as same as the ones that I had when I was young. You know, it wasn't the same. Uh, I went to partying in Acapulco, you know, uh, back in those days. And uh, there wasn't anything like having a coconut straight out from the palm tree. Yeah, not, not even like any beverage that I tried really tasted like that. Um, so, and the other thing that I didn't like, it was like that I found it weird it was that 90 percent of the coconut beverage market in the u.s come from asian coconuts right uh and we're just across the border so it says like so we are i mean the u.s is shipping uh containers and containers full of coconut water just across the sea it didn't make sense to me right so uh, that's why we started. Um, we developed a coconut formula where we take out the coconut water, we press the pulp, and we mix everything together. So it's sort of like a coconut juice. And our mission basically is as we started developing this formulation and starting to create the product, I and because we're vertically integrated, we went very, very deep to understand how the whole supply chain issue works. So all of our company is based on a circular economy model. Um, and we are just working towards being even more sustainable. When you look at the brand itself, what's your distribution like? Are you uh, in, in the US? Are you in South America? What's it look like now? So first we launched our coconut, well, actually our cold pressed juice brand in Mexico. Uh, it's called Juice Lab in Mexico. We went into retail, uh, you know, Walmart, uh, the, all these retailers in, in Mexico. There are like four or five big shots. It's not like the U.S., right? Uh, but we went into these retailers and on our SKU line, it was a coconut beverage uh, line, and it was very, very successful. And uh, as we started learning towards this venture on coconuts, we said, okay, so let's create opportunities for Mexicans uh, to create a product that American consumers really appreciate and value. And that way we can continue to create opportunities here, creating really amazing products for the U.S. market. Uh, that was our first uh, objective towards sustainability. So, I mean, circular economy, basically, every, what 
what it talks about is that every decision that we make, we make sure that we're taking care of the people, the environment, and the profits of the company as well. So as an example for the people, um, and this is an interesting note, I'll show you the story. Um, so when you go and purchase a coconut, right, in Mexico, you go into these farms, uh, beautiful farms, uh, and they sell you the coconut, but you have to take it down. So usually there are these kinds of brokers, right, around uh, the farms, and they go to the town and just start uh, talking to people for them to come and harvest the coconuts and take the coconuts down from the palm tree, right? So uh, what they get paid by day and they don't live in a great, uh, I mean, they don't have like even health benefits, anything like that, right? And it was kind of hard because, you know, coconut yields vary as same as all fruits, right? Um, and we couldn't get the same yields or yields varied a lot. Uh, our matureness of coconuts varied, even if we try to uh, make the broker understand what coconut, uh, like uh, uh, matureness we need or what type of coconuts we want, it didn't work. Uh, so what we did was actually, we said, okay, let's gather a team of harvesters. We put them on a wage. Uh, we gave them health benefits. I mean, some things that that really they never seen uh, before, right? And we, and the, mo the most important part of all is that we trained them, we gave them tools so they can um, measure our coconuts, weigh our coconuts, you know, and really train them of what type of coconuts we need. And we started getting really great uh, yields. If we get even better yields, they get a bonus, right? Um, so it's this win-win, right? I mean, it's win for the people, but it's also win for the, for the company. People have this sense that sustainability is expensive, uh, there's kind of, uh, um, I don't know, it's just these terms, you know, uh, people really confuse them. I mean, sometimes people see a juice on a glass bottle and think it's sustainable. And, uh, and they use, and see it on a PET bottle and see, think that it's not sustainable just because right, it's right. on PET. And it, that's absurd, you know, because they don't understand how the product is, is, is uh, made, who makes it. You know, all these kind of steps and it should be even less cost, right? So that's one example around the people. Uh, I have other examples as well for environments. It really excites me, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, one of the things that really stood out to me about your brand, I loved your, your packaging. Thank you. And as you look at it, it looks like uh, you've kind of mimicked what a coconut looks like, you know, with the, with the husk. And the pulp on the inside, it's kind of, it's clever. It kind of gives you the idea you're drinking something very fresh. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about how you're, you're using all of the coconut? I know that was part of your uh, branding strategy and product strategy as well. Yeah, well, as I, as I was telling uh, around sustainability, what we've done with the environment is that, I mean, this brand has been, uh, we've been working on this brand for like around five years now. Um, but actually, we got delayed on our launch for a couple of years because of COVID. We were exactly launching when COVID started, right? Um, so our main strategy was focusing on retail at first, right? But then this happened. And it was like, how do we put this product into people's hands? 
And we started to look into e-com and our product is perishable because we don't add anything, right? I mean, it's low sugar, it's, uh, it's really healthy. I mean, not even pasteurized, right? So shipping perishable, it's a huge challenge. It's a huge deal. I mean, you have to do liners, you have to do gel packs, uh, and that just hires up the cost. And it doesn't make sense as a business to kind of go into e-com. I mean, you have to pay two-day shipping. Um, it's, it's really, really costly, right? Uh, but the highest cost of all, it's insulation. It is right. the packaging, right? right? And you're throwing um, this stuff away. Yeah, and we were throwing the husk away. Uh, and I, it occurred to me one day, I was just seeing the, outside the window and seeing a palm tree. And I see like, oh, well, the coconuts are natural insulators, right? I mean, they bear sun, heat, rain, and you crack open the coconut and the water's still fresh. So, I mean, it's just there. It's in nature, right? So we created uh, an insulation system using all of our husk waste that really lower our cost on shipping, but also saved us money because I paid the garbage man to take up this husk away right before. Uh, so, so it, that's that's the model, right? That's the model, and every that those are just a few examples of what we do. Um, of course, now that we did the insulation, that it's we already branded. It's called Coco Chill, and we are developing a business model kind of so we can get this product out there for for uh, other brands for them to use it because at the end of the day, it's compostable, right? I mean, you can actually grab this insulation, put it in the ground and it nurtures the ground. So you're getting, giving back, you're saving money on, 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 the, on the company. Everything works that way, right? So that's how we operate in a way, right? Our bottles are recycled PT. So we I mean, we need to use that plastic that's out there, right? It's not going away for years and years and years. So you want to clean the beaches. Okay, let's use it for a purpose and let's recycle it again, right? So that's uh, how we blend as a company. When you look at it from a sales and marketing standpoint, again, talking to buyers and retailers, is that something that is appealing as well as you look to get into uh, retail? I think so. I think uh, right now, I mean, right now we have a lot of interest in our brand from a lot of retailers. Um, when we launched, we had some things that we needed to fix. I mean, around operations, around uh, shelf life. I mean, we just extended shelf life. We doubled that. Uh, it was 60 days. Now it's 120 days. So we kind of worked towards that. Uh, we wanted to launch be very a small size, right? We launched for a hundred stores uh, and started to learn throughout throughout uh, sampling, so throughout marketing, POS, promotion, what works, what moves the product, how can we drive trial, right? Um, this way. And now we've learned, we fixed all these issues and we're starting to accelerate growth. We started around last month, uh, starting to close some deals. And yes, they, it, the appeal is there because I think right now consumers are looking more and more on what brands are they purchasing for, uh, uh, purchasing their product from, you know? It's like, uh, what do they stand for? Uh, how, how, how is the product is made? Actually, we have a QR code in our bottle that you, if you scan it, you can see the whole uh, trajectory of how the product is processed and produced. You can see who took the coconut out from the palm tree, who processed the coconut, the whole supply chain, right? Uh, so 
so people can understand, I mean, if they're purchasing a coconut beverage from Asia, you just see the carbon footprint there, right? I mean, not about even like sugar levels and other things that have Asian coconuts because they're really, really sweet. Mexican coconuts are naturally low in sugar, but just the carbon footprint that they're creating, you know, and people, I think they are conscious about it. You know, they're starting to be conscious about it. And, and so, of course, retailers are seeing that, right? And they're looking for these brands that are and follow this model. My objective on this company is actually prove that this model works so other companies can start, you know, adapting this model because I think the world needs it and really needs it. Well, you know, retailers want a brand that's going to bring people in and become that basket builder, things you can add in to it. And when you can show through your QR code that you've got this uh, circular product that's not only uh, sustainable and environmentally friendly, but you can track it back to the farmers that you're helping and that you're improving those communities, suddenly you don't look just like a beverage company. Exactly. Right. That's you, the thing. Yeah. You're very different than that, right? And then that's uh, that's when we get into you know what we talk about a lot here, Matt, is the lifestyle brand, because you want to associate yourself with people and products that are doing good things that maybe I can't impact. Like, how could I impact a farmer in Mexico City? Well, if I'm buying this product. And I support what he's doing, then I am in. Then I'm very directly, well, I should say indirectly, supporting that cause. And when you look at the other coconut water, coconut beverage brands, and to your point, how they're bringing, you know, through Asia, or they're you know importing all the, you know, the the you know the sugar count. You know, there's so many other layers to it versus what you're doing, um, you know, through this model. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. How yeah, about when, when you develop it? Is it in, do you look at it from the United States in mind? Is it more Mexico first? Do you look at all of South and Central America? I guess when you look at, you know, developing, what, what is it, you know, your, your mindset? So, yeah, Cocomio, it's a U.S. company. Uh, actually, we, we, we open a company in the U.S. Uh, we manufacture ourselves, but there are different companies uh, because we also do manufacturing for other brands and juices and co-packing uh, in our plant. But um, I, we launched it for the US. Uh, uh, I mean, the coconut juice as it is, we sell it in Mexico with another brand, with our own own brand. But Coco Mio was specifically designed uh, for coco for the US market and for to use all of the coconut, right? I mean, it because it didn't make sense to keep it in Mexico uh, because of the volume. Uh, in Mexico, it is an expensive product for Mexico. There's not a lot of also education around healthy products and functional beverages in Mexico. I mean, there is, but it's very minimum. Um, so I said, okay, if people already value that, saying, right, let's do this here where we can take care of everything and let people uh, out in the U.S., when they on, where they understand the product, they really value the product, purchase it. Yeah. Alan, I'm curious, it, as I'm listening to you talk about your different potential product lines and business opportunities, it sounds like you've got Cocoa Chill, which you could be uh, selling to other beverage manufacturers. So when I get a, a package, I could literally take take the cocoa chill and literally plant it in my garden. I could even put it in my compost pile. I could do all these different things with it. 
But now you've just mentioned out of your own manufacturing facility, you're actually doing co-packing for others. So I'm curious, did you go into it knowing that you had these opportunities or did you just kind of wake up and say, I see business extension ideas? How did that work? Yeah, so it, it was a whole process. I mean, when we started the manufacturing plant, we only did our brand or Mexican brand, right? We started that way. We saw the need for more volume. So we opened up a little bit and started tackling food service accounts. Um, and then when I started to venture into the U.S. and started to build my network and try to understand how the U.S. market works, how the consumer works, um, I saw a huge opportunity there as well. And not an opportunity even for myself, even to help other brands, right? Um, we've had this experience because our, our, our manufacturing plant is sort of like, um, I will say, I will name it like a startup co-packer. So uh, it's like a lab. I mean, it's a, it's a manufacturing. We can do volume, right? But it is a lab. So when these brands are trying to start to get into the market, they feel the need to do low quantities, right, on, on manufacturing. Uh, uh, and that they are in a sort of like a reasonable cost, right, for them to start testing the market and to start, you know, growing that way. So we serve that purpose because we have actually a great R&D team. We've done a lot of developments as well. So we either co-pack or we can, like, if you do your recipe at home and you want to make your product and see how your product is going to be made at a manufacturing level, uh, you can come with us. We'll give you a uh, day or two in our lab with our team, uh, cook our ideas, see cost, objective cost, and try to develop the, the formula um, based on their go-to-market strategy, right? So we, that's how we operate in our manufacturing plan. So it starts, I mean, from there, we, when, when I was with Coco Mio, I got a lot of people interested in this kind of stuff. And I started, well, let me help you, right? And hey, Alan, do you, uh, can you help me find palm oil? Yes, sure, man. Let me help you. Right. right? So that's like came naturally. Uh, and I just built a business model to help those brands as well. And yeah, I mean, and if you don't know as well, I mean, we have, we run the manufacturing plant, we run in Coco Chill and Coco Mio, but my, I am an architect. So my, my core business is in real estate uh, and we develop um, uh, a lot of buildings here, here in Mexico as well. You're a renaissance man. This is just beyond just coconuts. Who knew? Just the so, onion just keeps when, unraveling Exactly. Here. When you look at, again, even back to Coco Mio, and I know it's still early in the, the, you know, the, the brand, what are some of the um, storylines you're getting? You know, favorite flavors, um, you know, as people sample it, you know, what do they go back to? What, what are people gravitating towards? Yeah, so we've, we've had a lot of things. So, for example, first, there were a lot of people who were hesitant to try it because they didn't like coconut water. And then when they tried Coco Mio, they just fell in love with Coco Mio because it really tastes different. Uh, it is another type of coconut, right? I mean, it's the closest you'll get as a coconut straight out from the palm tree. It's basically the beach in the bottle. Um, you know, it gets you to that uh, pl mental place where you're like on a beach and relax and you, and you say, oh, my God, this is like uh, it, it was how I felt. You know, that's what I wanted to uh, bring to the consumer. Right. It's really having a coconut straight out from the palm tree and around flavors. So when we launched, uh, we had uh, four flavors. 
uh, the original uh, with pineapple and we had with cold brew coffee and with cacao. So we tested that those flavors out in the market uh, and the test was unbelievable because the, the original and pineapple were like on top, really close to each other. And the cacao and cold brew were like on the bottom, right? And we started to see, okay, so we belong into the tropical part of, right, uh, of, of flavoring. And in Mexico, we have really amazing tropical fruits that we can offer to the U.S. market. So we took out the we took out the cold brew and the cacao and we introduced uh, just this year in Expo West uh, with guava and with guanabana. So there are two amazing tropical fruits and they, it was, they were really, really successful at Expo. People really, really love the product. So, I mean, we see continuing our, our skew line on the waters and the juices on that end, going into tropical flavors, trying to share different tropical fruits that Mexico has to offer. Yeah, you'll find that there are little pockets and niches of people that have come to America that when they see you have those flavors, that will it will literally transport them back to when they were kids when they grew up and had those. So if, you know, capturing that original flavor is 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 huge. Well, for the foodies that that listen that are always trying to discover, you know, new brands that they can try and adopt, they always like to know like a little bit more about like what's inside. You want to talk at all and, and get a little bit nerdy about uh, you know, your 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 fruit combinations and kind of how all that works. Yeah. Sure, totally. So it's pretty simple, basically. Uh, and this is the beauty about it. Uh, we, I mean, our, our juices uh, is basically we extract the coconut water. Uh, so this is the thing, right? You have, uh, you have to really take care of what type of coconuts you're purchasing, what the mature uh, level is, uh, so you can understand taste, right? And I'll put it as a simple example. If you're eating a banana and it's green, it's not nice, right? But then you're, you're, you're eating it when it's a little bit dark and it's full of flavor, right? So it's important to understand uh, that the hand picking of the coconut is important. But basically what's inside, we just extract the coconut water, we press the white meat, uh, we mix all this great fat that comes with it, uh, with the white meat, and we, we mix it with the water. Um, so basically what's inside is just the whole coconut, and you're getting electrolytes, you're getting MCTs, um, you're getting plant protein as well. Um, so it's really, really amazing. And when we add other flavors to it, we don't add natural flavors. We add actually the pineapple juice. We add the guava juice. We actually extract the juice ourselves uh, from the fruit and we mix it into the drink. Um, so it's like, if you see the ingredients on the back of the label, you see clean it's just label. coconut. It's a, clean very clean, label. it's a very clean label. We don't add anything to it. And on the waters, I mean, it's just the coconut water. Uh, but the interesting thing about Mexican coconuts is that if you compare them with Asian coconuts, we're 70% less of natural sugar in them. Uh, and that's a huge advantage because let's say you're doing exercise and you want to uh, hydrate yourself uh, with electrolytes and you're going to take a coconut water from Asia, you're sipping around 20 grams of natural sugar there. 
uh, and you just did exercise, right? So uh, having a low amount of sugar, it's important. And, uh, and of course, the taste, that makes the taste different, right? So it also has really, really amazing health benefits. When you look at um, your competitive set, who do you um, go up against? Because it feels like it's not really that, you know, the, the coconut water drinker. It, it feels almost like a um, hydration type drinker. Well, it depends. So, for example, this is how our strategy, uh, we, we base our strategy. First, we came out with the juices, right? Um, it's a $4.99 retail price. Um, like if you see the coconut market uh, categories, basically, it's divided into three. Uh, you have uh, the cheap coconut waters that comes with Tetra Pak, basically dominated by brands as Seco or Vita Coco. Uh, then you have like the raw uh, coconut waters, refrigerated wa- water that is basically dominated by Harmless Harvest. And then you have like the specialty coconut beverage that competes with other brands such as Rebel, uh, Koya. Uh, you have Genius Juice there as well. So when we started doing the, the juices, it was hard to drive trial uh, because it's, it, it is an expensive beverage, right? But it's still coconut. So you're like kind of, hey, but the water is cheaper. Like you're kind of in the fence, right? So we we want like when we demo, sold out. It's amazing. But you cannot demo every day, right? So, um, so what we came out with was actually the coconut water. And the coconut water, it's meant to bring another... Um, option into the category of raw coconut waters as harmless harvest, right? Um, another option that it's a uh, Mexican coconut, aside from Asian coconut, you know, that can blend together into the shelf. Uh, and that way, uh, also based on our price points that we're going to have, uh, because we are competitive on price, because we are close, right? We don't have that trans-Pacific shipping that happened and the prices went up and all these kinds of situations, right? And our label, uh, labor is it's, it's economic, right? So we, we're competing on a price there. So people can drink a beverage that they already understand as it is a coconut water. And then from there on, try to uh, discover the brand and also try our juices, right? So it's kind of the same kind of situation as our circular economy model, trying to move things around. Um, but right now, I would say uh, in that category, a specific category as coconut waters, I would say harmless harvest. But I don't see it as a competitor. I see it as another option that I think it's important to have other options in that category because they're just alone there. Got it. Okay. So um, when you talked about trial, what are some of the things you do from a sampling and, and trial standpoint? Are you at, you know, in retail, do you go to events? What does it look like from uh, from that standpoint? So we try to do a lot of things. Um, of course, we demo. Um, interesting thing that we demo, we created uh, when COVID happened and we couldn't demo. In st- I mean, what it, the, the, the store started opening it up a little bit, but still demos were like, prohibited right um so we developed like these kind of shot bottles same right we're manufacturing ourselves so we are flexible and we can do that right so we did our own like shot bottles for test size that comes with a qr code so what we've done we demo that way and that way they can stay with the actual bottle instead of drinking it and and forgetting about it you know you actually have something to remind you of the brand um, other things that we've done is POS promotions. We've done 
Um, we're, we're looking into a strategy right now. Basically, it's like uh, rebates, um, kind of giving out samples with the shots to people. And if they kind of send us a picture with their ticket of uh, purchasing Coco Mio, then we'll Venmo, uh, you know, uh, their, their, their ticket back. Uh, sort of like these kinds of things. So they can, we can start driving trial. We're also, uh, that's in the mix, hopefully for next year. Uh, but we are kind of developing same thing, right? We're using garbage in waste in Mexico of these old VW vans, um, these uh, 70 vans, you know, they, they are a, they're a lot here in Mexico. And I have a cousin that he's a mechanic, so we're kind of converting it into electric. And the way that we can send that over, brand it, and we can do some gorilla marketing, going to festivals, maybe going to Coachella, uh, you know, all these kinds of events, music events. Um, uh, there's also vegan events in California and around the U.S. that we want to drive around, sell product, show them the product, uh, mixing it as well because... Coco Mio works amazing with alcohol. <laughs> so uh, if I was going to ask that too. You got me. That was it. The, the mixer is <laughs> always a good one. Yeah, yeah. So if you you play within on Expo West this year, we had a happy hour. So we did we blended Coco Mio with ice and we added uh, tequila or rum uh, with a pineapple. We did a piña colada. We did some margaritas, some cosmopolitans. Uh, it blends really, really well with cocktails. Yeah, you know, hearing all these different options you have, I could almost see you even becoming an ingredient supplier, but that's probably another discussion for another time because, you know, these beverage manufacturers, they always look for those clean, fresh ingredients and the RTD space is huge right now. Um, you know, so when you can... Uh, ready when you can get those ready to drink, you know, cocktails ready to roll, and you're providing the that that fresh, you know, coconut. You probably have another line of business right there, just with, um, you know, that that clean ingredient. Well, it sounds like uh, you're still in wanting people to to uh, try and adopt the, the the product as you kind of expand into the U.S. What do you? What's the best way for people to reach out, discover the brand, and 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 start sampling and trying this yeah of course so right now we are focused in california our product is sold around southern and northern california at the moment um we are in distribution uh both with unfi and kehi we should be launching soon uh on uh on sprouts uh, on summer as well so that's coming soon uh, so keep your eyes out there for sure um, you can follow us on instagram at my or you can go into our website, cocomio.com. Cocomio comes with K-O, K-O, M-I-O. Uh, and also uh, we'll be launching, well, we'll reopen our D2C site soon as well uh, in our website. So you can also purchase it directly from us. Um, take If you're in California, if you're in the beaches, Keep your eyes open. We'll be going down there. We'll be uh, giving you samples and offering free products. And look for that cool electric converted VW van. That sounds pretty. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, we're trying to do it that way in a fun way, uh, making sure every dollar counts, being capital efficient, you know, uh, and just being sustainable. We're challenging the startup model. You know, eighty percent of the brands 
uh, fail, right, within the first year. And that's because they, they run out of cash. So if you can make a business that works sustainable, that you can be with a positive sooner than later, right? Um, it, it, it starts making the company more sustainable. So we're, that, that, that's what we stand for. And that's what we look uh, forward to creating and growing. Awesome. No, this was great. I think it was fun to connect and learn more about the brand. And, and uh, Tony, to your point, I think it's good to bring different brands in and let's explore together. This was different than any of the ones we've done. Well, it, it was because typically the folks that come down, you know, they're already kind of part of your agency and they're in the lifestyle, uh, your lifestyle ecosystem. But it's kind of fun to do a, a total cold brand discovery. And uh, kudos to you, Alan, for stepping up and, and, and taking that. No, thank you. I love these opportunities. I really appreciate the time that you offered me. I love uh, just talking to people, getting to know new people, networking. I think it's really important. And I just want to get my message out there to, the, to, to other brands as well, you know, like new brands are starting to create their business or have these ideas cooking into their head. Why don't, why not getting to something that is more sustainable, right? Why don't we challenge the, the you know, the system? Uh, I think it's, today is the time, right? We see it right now, how systems crash, right? So I think uh, I really appreciate uh, your, your output for me to kind of express uh, what we're doing. No, it's, it's great, Alan. And we have a community that we're building. I should have started the community three years ago, but we are starting a community now on LinkedIn. So I'd love you to join that because we'll have more people that come in and they can learn from you. They can ask questions and that's kind of what we want. We want that kind of um, pollination of, of ideas. Well, Matt, it's great seeing you again today, my friend. You're out of the seasonal- Effective disorder, yes. We are out, out of the sunshine, we're happy. Right, right. Yes. we're happy. And of course, uh, Alan is loving life down in Mexico. So he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. always, it's always beautiful. I'm going, you're probably going to the beach and going surfing as far as we know. <laughs> totally. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's so great to have you both on the Winning at Work program. Uh, and we'll, we'll see you soon. And when you do launch uh, national and get, you know, get more velocity going, let's have another conversation about how you've done that. Because that's a huge story that people want to understand is how you scale. So yeah. thanks course. to you both. Great, great seeing everybody. Thank you.